We're going through the I am's of the Gospel of John. There's seven of them, but maybe some of you have misunderstood what I mean by seven I am's. If you look at the Gospel of John, there's probably 70 I am's in terms of the conversation people have in that and what even Jesus has. But there are seven special I am's that he actually quotes the unspoken name of the Lord as I am. Jesus says it several times. And there's distinctly seven of those in the Gospel of John that are the I am statements as he is saying, I as God am this to you. So that's what this study is about. And I don't think I was clear on this in the last couple of weeks, but I think I said it plainly now. And this is what it looks like in Hebrew. And I don't read Hebrew, but I have searched and searched and searched. There's got to be a way to read that. And yet in the Hebrew tradition, this was not pronounced as it is. And so it was so holy and so much, do you know, uh, forget which law it is, but you shall not take the Lord your God's name in vain. You shall not take the Lord your God's name in vain. Speaking it. In our generation, the name that we have, God, we hear that constantly. You can't go to a movie. You can't read a book. You can't even read the newspaper or even listen to the news without hearing that these days of people taking God's name in vain. And Katie came up several years ago with a revelation, I guess it was, that why do people use the name of God, even the name of Jesus, as a swear word? You don't hear them say, oh, Buddha. Oh, Muhammad, why? Why the name of Jesus? Why the name of our God that we worship, who gave us everything that we have? There's power in that name. And by saying it vainly, we are dissipating or throwing that power away and saying he's not, he's like any other God. In fact, we won't say his name in a reverent way. But Jesus came and he gave us his name. And we can say his name in prayer, in conversation, and not be taking it in vain. We know him. We've come to know the Father through the Son, Yeshua, the one who is given to us through virgin birth, who became one of us so that he might be able to be the true Lamb of God, the true substitute, the true man who stands in our place. And that is power. That is why this name is so powerful. It is pronounced YHWH or sometimes Y-H-V-H, as substitute letters. But Jesus came and he said, I am, I am. And in doing that, 
Can you imagine what that would be like for a Pharisee or a Sadducee to hear, I am? And so John, the disciple, the apostle, he tells this throughout his book and his writing. Sprinkled through the whole book is the I am's. It says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 8, 12. John 8, 12, 30 and verse 58. Then Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of light. So the Pharisees said to him, you are testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from and where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I am not judging anyone. But even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone in it, but I am the Father who sent me. Even in your law it has been written that the testimony of two men is true. I am he who testifies about myself, and the Father who sent me testifies about me. So they were saying to him, Where is your Father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Then he said again to them, I go away, and you will seek me, and will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews were saying, Surely he will not kill himself, will he? Since he says, Where I am going, you cannot come. And he was saying to them, You are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you, that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they were saying to him, Who are you? And Jesus said to them, What have I been saying to you from the beginning? I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and the things which I heard from him, these I speak to the world. They did not realize that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. And I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me. And He who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to Him. As He spoke these things, many came to believe in Him. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Last week we talked about the I am the bread of life from John 6. And now the second I am is I am the light of the world. John introduces the true light, speaks of the true light 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What does that sound like? What is the ring of that, that sentence there? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. How about Genesis 1.1? John is kind of coyly speaking about Genesis 1.1 in starting to write his book of John. Almost identical wordage or sense. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overpower it. There was a true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. This is the understanding that we have when God said in Genesis 1, let there be light. And so Jesus goes all the way to the first book of the Bible to announce his coming, to personify that which God intended from the very beginning in the creation of the earth. It wasn't that man had messed it all up and God didn't know this was going to happen. He knew it was going to happen, but he had a plan of salvation which would feed back to him and then to us resounding back in light because that's what happens with light. Light never ends. Light, true light, continues on and on and on. And the true light was God himself. And so he is in that position to know everything because he is God. And there is no one else but him. And we won't really understand that. I won't really be able to describe it for you here. But God being God is God. And so... When he says, I am that I am, or I am who I am. You know, last week when we talked about Moses, who asked the question, when God said, I'm going to be sending you to Egypt and you're going to set my people free. The first thing Moses asks, who am I going to say sends me? And tell him that I am, am sending you. I am there is no one, nothing that exists as the I am God. Let your mind just kind of take that in if it's possible. Think about that. These days when we're talking about the I am's. What is your concept of God? Is it human shaped? Who is God? Have you really let your mind think on that and have taken that seriously in your own personal life. Who is God? We could say, what is God? But that still wouldn't help you. Jesus came to show us the Father. Jesus came to show us who the Father is. That is what Christianity is about. It's not about form. It's not about religion. It's not about history. It's not about me or you. It's all about him.
the I am. And so we can't say anything more than he is the I am. He is the all-existent one. And you can't take that away from him by definition or by any means because I am that I am. I'm trying to force you into conceptualizing or trying to conceptualize God, the I am. And then see what the relationship is with your little speck of a life, your little existence, my little existence. It's not even negligible. You couldn't even see it in a huge microscope. We're almost non-existent compared to the one and only God, the I am. But those kind of things we deal with every day. Who was he? What did he look like? What did he do? You know, the police like to ask you all kinds of questions. And we can answer some of them, others we can't. And then they may ask you, well, how did you, were you not killed in that accident? God, God was with me. And they'll say, well, we can't write that in our report. Nobody'd understand it. Do you understand what I'm talking about in terms of trying to rationalize, bring us to a place where we we're thinking some deep thoughts? And you probably say, Ron, 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 Ron. I thought about those things years and years ago. And I'm convinced that God is the existent one. And if so, congratulations. And let's share what we know about him and tell of his wonders and his glory. John introduces the light. Jesus instructs Nicodemus in John 3, 19 to 21. Now, Nicodemus was someone from the temple who had heard about Jesus, and he came in the middle of the night to talk with this person called Jesus, desiring to know more. Because Nicodemus said, obviously, what we just talked about had wrestled with these things in his own mind and heart. And he came to be believing there's got to be more. And so as he dealt with the old scriptures, his heart was moved. How did Abraham believe? How was it Moses believed? How was it that all these patriarchs before me believe in an all-existent God? And so he comes to Jesus by night probably because he didn't want to be harassed by his colleagues in the synagogue. And he asks Jesus many questions. This is the judgment that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. This is his conversation to Nicodemus. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be plainly seen 
as having been done in God. And I believe, and according to the record, Nicodemus believed and was a true follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus states his identity or his purpose in several different verses, and we will track those. Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And the first step for us is for us to come to the light and understand only Jesus Christ can reveal to us the Father and our relationship to him. It's only through Jesus Christ that we truly understand who God is. Otherwise, it's all theoretical. And he was saying to them, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Oh, Jesus just blasphemed right here. I am he. I am God is basically what he is saying. Wow. No wonder they wanted to crucify him. And then John 8, Jesus picks up the conversation. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. They should have gotten the Roman soldiers together and arrested him right on the spot. But up until now, I think that they thought he was nuts. He was out of his mind. No Jew would say something like this. No one would speak like this. I'm sure they just, how could he say that? Therefore, they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Several times this happens. And you'd think after a while they'd say, whoa, this guy's tricky. Where he just vanished out of their sight. And they should have picked up on that, that that doesn't happen. There's something special about this person. And then in chapter 9, we must work the works of him who sent me, Jesus is saying, as long as it is day, night is coming when no man can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And then in chapter 12 of John, so Jesus said to them, for a little while longer, the light is among you. Walk while you have the light so that darkness will not overtake you. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of light, sons and daughters of light. So Jesus is not just saying this about himself. He's all-inclusive in this. 
in terms of offering us the advantage or the opportunity to live an eternal life. We will never become gods. And that's not what Jesus is saying here. But we who have believed in him have received the light. And because we have received the light by confessing his name and receiving his eternal life into our lives, we become sons of the light. And so we are as we walk in the light so that we become not in and of ourselves gods, but that we are his followers, Jesus Christ's followers. And from his life, we receive life. And we receive everlasting, eternal life. And going back to Nicodemus, that's what he said to Nicodemus. For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life, eternal life. Now, either that was not true, or it was true and is true. And as we, as believers in Jesus Christ, we put our feet on that statement and say, here I stand in that promise and that understanding that I have eternal life in Jesus Christ because I have received his redemption, his payment for my life, and I become an eternal being. I'll never die. I have life. And even if I die today, I'm still living. What a glorious hope. What a glorious truth we have as believers in Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, the Lamb of God who laid down his life for us so that we could share in his resurrection life. That's the gospel. And what does the gospel mean in simple words? Good news. That is good news for all of us. Congratulations, each one of you who know Jesus Christ. We live forever. Because he lives, I can live forever. That is the story of Jesus Christ and what he has done for the world. I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. And what is darkness? Darkness is death. Darkness, the Japanese have it right. For them, the concept, those who do not know Jesus Christ in this land, it is darkness. And I have been in a hospital room or several hospital rooms where someone is dying and the relatives are there. Don't go, don't go. Gambate, gambate, gambate. Gambate does not help. And we've seen the person slip away, a husband. And the wife was devastated. 
because she didn't know Jesus. It is dark. It is dark without the light. And he's the one. Jesus is the one who is the light of the world. And you can say that with confidence and speak to our Japanese relatives and friends with that surety, that understanding. What I'm saying is not a lie or a joke. It's the truth. Accept Jesus Christ, the light of the world, and you will live. And you will not walk in darkness. John 18, 4 to 6. So Jesus, knowing all the things that were coming upon him, went forth and said to them, and this is at the time that he's in the garden. Judas has gone, betrayed Jesus by telling the temple leaders he's in the garden of Gethsemane, and I know where he is. I can point him out. I'll take you to him if you'll just give me some money. And Judas betrayed his master, Jesus. And as they came to him in the garden, Judas went up to him and kissed him. And Jesus asked, Whom do you seek? And they answered him, Jesus the Nazarene. He said to them, I am he. And Judas was also there, who was betraying him. So when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Can you imagine the impact of that? I mean, we're getting to the night before the crucifixion. Things are moving rapidly. And so much so that even the disciples couldn't figure out what's happening. And here... Jesus, his final words really to those who he could have easily slipped away like on other occasions. But he stood and said, I am he. And he knew the hour had come. That's our Savior. That's our Lord. That's the one whom we adore. We follow and we love him for what he has done for us as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And they got up from the ground and they arrested him and they tried him through the night. And when it was day, they prepared to crucify him. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, given to us by the Father so that we might stand free from the condemnation of our sin and be able to walk as children of the light and walk in that light, knowing that we are free from the darkness that has been following us all our life. And that is the joy of being a believer in Jesus Christ. And I would encourage you this week and the weeks to follow as we're continuing with the I Am series, that you really take this as a brave time to really share with your relatives, your friends, for those who you just meet in a coffee shop and share with them 
Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the light of the world, the one who died for them, that they may be free. That's not a job for us to do. That's not an obligation for us to do. We're free to do what the Spirit desires us to do. Take this and think about it. And then follow the light. The light of the world, Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we thank you for the gospel. Thank you for Jesus, the Lamb. Thank you for the name of Jesus. Name above every other name. Thank you for the assurance, the confidence, and the knowledge and understanding that you have given us in these words of the scripture and the fulfillment that Jesus brought as the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. And we pray that this week would be blessed with many coming to hear of the light that has come into the world to dispel the darkness, anoint us, free us, convict us, lead us this week with this ringing in our hearts and our ears and our, our life. This is the reason why we live. This is the reason why you have brought us together here this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.